Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is a fun episode for Katie and I because, well, I say fun, but really it's kind of almost sentimental, nostalgic maybe, because it is most likely the last podcast episode that we're going to be recording in our little apartment here in Bend, Oregon. Uh, So yeah, we've got mixed feelings about leaving Bend, but overall our emotions are very positive for the next season of life. But enough of that. In this episode, we're going to be talking about how oftentimes me, as a husband and a father, I feel inadequate to lead my family and to, I guess, be the spiritual leader that I believe God has called me to be. And the more I talk to other men, I realize that this is a common feeling and really a common sentiment amongst Christian men. They have this desire to lead and to be a spiritual head in their family, yet they feel inadequate as a person. And so we're going to be talking about how I've combated that. And uh, and, and despite the feeling of inadequacy, I've done my best to act in faith and in realizing that me as a person, I don't have to feel adequate in order for God to lead through me uh, because he's given me this position and he can certainly lead. And then Katie's going to talk about different things she's done to encourage me in that position and in that role as leader in our family. I hope you guys enjoy this and that it's of benefit to you. Thank you all so much this week, just for uh, this past week, for those of you that have encouraged Katie and I in our past episodes, whether that's through Instagram or emails or uh, comments. And, and we really appreciate the reviews you people have left on iTunes or the ratings you've left. And we just once again want to ask that if you enjoy this podcast, you'd go to uh, the rating section of iTunes and uh, leave us a five-star rating if you enjoy this, or if you've got the time to leave us a review. We always enjoy reading those. All right, we'll get this thing going. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. So today we are recording this in the middle of the afternoon. We have a little time slot here where, well, two of the kiddos are napping. Two-thirds of the children are napping. And Louie here is with us once again. Yep. So we're just trying to cram this on in here. Yeah, it's kind of a funny schedule this week because I st- I'm officially done working at the coffee shop. I finished that up a few days ago. Uh, we moved the majority of our furniture out of our apartment yesterday. Yeah. I am glad we kept these chairs. I wanted to send our dining room chairs up too. And like, she's like, ah, I can't sit cross-legged on the ground that great. Yes. I'm really bad at sitting (laughs) cross-legged on the floor. So I wanted to keep a couple chairs in the house. So we're sitting on our two remaining chairs and we've got an empty living room. The kids are upstairs napping on the floor (laughs) because their beds went up to Washington state and uh, the process has started. Yeah. We're making the move. Well, and it's a weird schedule because we have a camp this week. Yeah. All the evenings are taken up for like the next four days. Yes. So we're like, instead of recording this in an evening, we've got to just 
busted out here in the afternoon. Yep. And I think the kid, both Leon and Lucy, it sounds like they're asleep, which is nice. And you just fed Lewis. And so hopefully he behaves himself. Yeah. I think we've got a good couple hours of contented children. I think so too. Okay. So today, you know, this is, we're going to be talking about, I guess, leader, you know, husbands and fathers leading their family and often the common feeling of inadequacy. And then Katie's going to share about different things she's done to try to empower me, you know, or ways that she can encourage me. Um, usually the more subtle it is, the more effective it is. <laughs> the better. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's not like, here's my blaring horn of encouragement. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Elisha and I actually talked about some of these things on the way while well, we were driving out to Sisters today to pick up his last check. And we kind of talked through this stuff and I was like, do I do anything that's encouraging? Yeah. <laughs> like you're kind of scared of what the answer is going to be. Yes. So he kind of had some input into this section as well. Yeah. And really what got me thinking along the lines of leadership and adequacy or inadequacy was, well, the obvious reason is that I've got three young children right now and I go, it seems like multiple times a day, I'm feeling in over my head, so to speak, when it comes to parenting. And Leon Tucker is almost two and a half years old, and he's certainly exerting his will. And you see that that will starting to come come out, and he's got his own opinion, and he's disobedient. And as I'm watching him every day develop, I'm feeling more and more inadequate and incapable of being the father that I need to be for Leon Tucker because he just seems like his intellect is growing. So he's becoming mm-hmm. smarter and more clever. And with that comes more, I guess, mischief. You know, they're able to be more deceitful, more sneaky in their disobedience. Mm-hmm. And so this is one caused me to really cry out to the Lord as my affection grows for my children and my desire to see them walk in truth and walk in obedience I'm also seeing how, you know, it's that, that sin within, within man, um, that, that sinful nature that, that really makes it hard for us parents to train up our children in the way that they should go, as Proverbs 22, 6 tells us to. And so as I've been thinking about this, I've reflected back on how my father parented me and my siblings because my father was blessed in that he had a very stable father and a very stable mother and from that were you know they were married they stayed married his whole life um but i don't i wouldn't consider my grandpa my dad's dad to be a proactive spirit he wasn't a proactive spiritual leader when my father was a child he got saved much later in life he did he He did yes exactly when he was a full-grown adult my dad was out of the house Mm -hmm. And so even though grandpa was very present, he wasn't this spiritual figure in my dad's life as a child. And yet when I think back on my father, he was such a steady spiritual leader to me and my siblings. And so I've often wondered, man, how, how did you have the confidence to do that or the steadfastness to do that? And Katie, I think you would say the same thing with your father. You know, he was blessed with a very strong spiritual leader in his home, but he was a spiritual leader in your guys' home since the since the time you can remember, probably. Yeah, I think my grandpa was, I think both of our grandpas were of that generation where guys really maybe worked a lot outside the home, yep. just kind of didn't even have as much free time as we can potentially have now yes. um, in <laughs> our generation. And so I think my grandma was more the day-to-day spiritual leader mm-hmm. in my dad's home. And he really wanted to be that. My father really wanted to be that for us. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, and even when I first started hanging out with you and I first started pursuing you, I remember your dad doing 
either every morning or every evening a Bible time. Yeah, and, that was a big a big part of our home. Yep. Yeah, and just talking with my daddy about where his mind was in that season is that the biggest thing that I think my father had going for him is he just believed he was the head of our home. He believed that he was the spiritual leader. And regardless of whether or not he felt equipped or qualified or adequate, he wanted to act according to that position that he felt he had been placed in by God. Mm -hmm. And the reason he felt like he had been placed in that position was because he was the father of children. And so it wasn't like God gave him children and said, okay, I guess now I'm going to make you the spiritual head of these children. No, from the time my dad had children, he was the head of these children and he was their first spiritual counsel and their first spiritual guide. And so as a result of that, he just did his best and and he did what he knew how to do in in leading us spiritually, which practically speaking was more nights than not growing up. I'd say probably 80% of the nights growing up, we would sit down in the living room and we'd read one chapter of Proverbs. Uh, and I know that's a common thing for people to do every day because there's usually like a proverb for every day of the month. And that's what we did. And then during different times we'd read the Psalms. And then there were times too, that were even less frequent where my dad would go through some of the epistles and kind of explain the implications of the gospel. And so my dad did this. And as a child, you're not critiquing his ability to dissect scripture and to teach biblical principles, you're just sitting in the living room and maybe you catch a point here or there, but what really sticks with you is the fact that my daddy's reading the Bible. He's mm-hmm. taking on that role of spiritual leadership. And I think that that's really what stuck with me up until this day and has really encouraged me to, again, just take action even in these days where I feel so inadequate as a father and as a spiritual leader. And I'll be honest, it takes me off guard whenever Elisha says he feels inadequate this way, because I totally see him as the spiritual leader in our home. And I know that's such a rare thing in just a typical family for the dad to take that role so seriously. Um, But I do feel like Elisha leads himself spiritually. He encourages me spiritually and leads me. He is so active and present in our kids' lives. And so it will throw me off guard when he says he feels inadequate or he feels insecure in his area, in in different areas of just being a father. Hmm. Um, But I think it's so profound that you said that you are doing just like you said. You're acting knowing that this is your role and you're not letting your feelings or what you think of yourself determine whether you lead or not. Mm, and I, and I just think that we have as Christians, we have to live that way in every area of our life, just calling ourselves a Christian, a blood bought son or daughter of Jesus Christ and of God. If you just look at how you behave or how you think or what your past is or what you, your future may be, it's easy to say, I'm certainly not qualified to be God's son. And obviously there's the element of truth in that. That's yes. In it of ourselves, we are not qualified to be God's children or to be called brothers with Jesus Christ. Yet he bought us, he purchased it. And he's the one that now equips us to walk in freedom, to walk in purity and to walk freed from sin. And so we just need to walk according to what he's called us and according to what he's done for us. And this is just kind of a little micro example of how we do that. He's called me a father. He's called me a spiritual head of my children. And so I'm just going to walk according to that 
as best I know how, and I want to continue to grow and become more equipped in his word and the ability to understand his Bible, you know, the Bible, the word of God, um, and to walk in the spirit and to really exemplify a Christian Christ-like life to my children. Uh, but it's not always going to be perfect. It will. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even as you're saying these things, what comes to mind too, is that as wives, what we play, like the tapes that we play in our head and the brain grooves we create on how we see our husbands really matters. And I think that our husband's can tell when we don't have faith in them too. And if they're already feeling this inadequacy and we think they're inadequate and we think, you know what, our kids need to be going to the youth group. They need to be going to children's church. They need to be getting spiritual leadership from somewhere aside from my husband because he does not know what he's doing. Then our husbands feel that Hmm. and it's hitting like already a sore spot. And so I just think it's so important to even as Elisha has to tell himself that I am adequate because God made me a father and that's what he calls me to. We need to tell ourselves, my husband is the adequate spiritual leader for our family because God put him in that position and encourage him with that mindset. Hmm. Yeah. And that, that is so encouraging. I know that you've done that Katie and you've had to act in faith in order to do that. And again, this is, it really does come back down to faith and walking by faith, not by sight. Because if you're just to look at me at certain moments in my life, it would be really easy for you to say, okay, you know, you keep working on yourself. You keep trying to grow up. And while you're trying to grow up and become the man that you need to be in order to lead our family, I'm going to take our kids elsewhere to have spiritual input in their life. And again, we're not condemning additional spiritual input into into people's lives. No, not at all. We're talking about first and foremost, the father being the spiritual head. And then from there, you do have pastors and you have teachers and you have uh, mentors in your lives or in your children's lives. We're really grateful for multiple mentors. And oh, teachers yeah. In lives. And I think it's so good to get different people's perspective on different biblical just principles and hear from other leaders and teachers for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think here in, I don't know, maybe it's just like the American church. I don't know if it's like this around the world, but we really do see sometimes a shifting of responsibility over to people that we think are adequate, people who have been trained, people who have been, you know, gone to the right schools or studied the Bible a certain way. And like Elisha said, we're called as parents and especially the father is the head of the home to be that initial, that first and foremost spiritual leader. We have the ultimate responsibility for our kids. Yep. That's right. And I don't know. I just, I think it's important that we walk in that instead of just shifting that responsibility to outside the home. That's right. And so for me, I can accept that big picture calling very easily. I just believe that I am the spiritual head of my home. Now it's one thing to believe that and to accept it, but then to act accordingly in the day in and day out structure of life is another thing. And I think that's really where I tend to fall short or really start to beat myself up over is in the day in and day out because it doesn't take very many days of me sleeping past my alarm and not getting in God's word in the morning, not having a time of prayer and of supplication with the Lord and maybe, you know, vegging out on sports media or watching movies and not exercising a few days of that. And I feel like I'm incapable of leading anybody, including myself, obviously. (laughs) And so therefore for I'll stop with the actions at nighttime when you know when it's time to get the kids to bed 
I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to do a family Bible time. I haven't even been leading myself. I don't, I don't even feel connected with the Lord. The last thing I'm going to do is act like a spiritual leader and put Leon on my lap and read the Bible or pray with Leon when I lay him to bed or pray with Katie when we're in Mm -hmm. bed or sing family, you know, worship songs at nighttime. But what's so important for me is that I realize I need to let my actions lead my emotions in those moments. Now, is it ideal for me to feel vibrant and walking in the spirit and abiding you know, in the Lord, yes, I want that to be the reality so that when I sit down at nighttime before the kids go to bed to read the Bible, I'm already feeling connected with the Lord. And I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. in his presence and walking in his spirit. I want to live in that reality. But if I'm not, I still am not going to let that keep me from acting as the person that God has called me to be. Yeah. I just think that is so powerful, Elisha. Just in so many areas of life, we know that our actions, I mean, there's a verse. I, always, I feel like I always start out with, there's a verse in the Bible, <laughs> but I need the reference. It says, commit your works unto the Lord and mm. your thoughts will be established. Yes. And I think of that as just do the work, do the work he's called you to do. And sometimes often taking those actions change our heart Yes. and our mo- emotions follow that action. And I mean, this happens with marriage. This happens with any kind of relationship. We've talked about this before, but I just think it's interesting thinking of that in the context of this discussion of spiritual leadership. Yeah. And something that you've been so gracious in Katie is not making me feel like a hypocrite or feel condemned in those moments. Cause I think that's definitely been a fear of mine. And that would be something that has maybe kept me from taking those positive actions of spiritual leadership is when I think, okay, Katie knows I'm not doing well. Katie knows I'm not walking in the spirit. I was just irritable with her. I have not been disciplined today. And she's going to see me sit down with Leon Tucker on my lap and try to teach him the Bible or read the Bible to him. She's probably going to be judging me. And that insecurity could, and I think probably has at different times, kept me from taking that type of leadership, those type of leadership actions. But something you've been so gracious in, Katie, is just being so a hundred thousand percent supportive when I make that decision to sit down and have a family Bible time. You don't just keep cleaning the kitchen or keep putting dinner away or, you know, do whatever you're doing. You sit down and you are a hundred percent focused on me and what I'm reading. And that really blesses me. Well, it's good to hear that. Like, I know I haven't been a hundred percent in this area, but it's encouraging to hear you say that. And it's a really good I guess something for me to focus on is that being 100% present because something that I might think is not a big deal to you, like I'm just like, oh, Elisha wants to sit down, read the kids the Bible. That's cool. But it can be, like you said, like a really big mental block. Like you, it might be a really big action in your mind, something that you're really taking a lot of effort and emotional energy to do. And if I'm not 100% supportive of that, I can really just... I don't know. It could backfire. Mm. I guess you took that action. You took that leap of faith and like, I am going to act as a leader. And if I don't affirm you in that moment, it can really, I think, set you up for failure down the road or yes. hesitancy, I guess, yes. down the road. Yeah. And in fact, I get kind of, I'm getting kind of emotional thinking about how supportive you have been when I think of so many mm-hmm. specific instances when we've finished up dinner, the house is kind of a mess. It's not been a great day for me. I get the kids, you know, in their pajamas 
And I just kind of like, I'm like, okay, I just need to sit down and read the Bible. I need to do something good here. I need to do something positive and get in the word. And I've been fearful of what your response is going to be. You know, you could easily say, well, hey, let's just wait on that or just put the kids to bed and let's clean up the house or I can't do that right now. I've got these other things going on. But just in seeing you drop what you're doing and sit down next to me on the couch or sit down across from me in the living room and just give me 100% of your support and attention just blesses me so much. And it empowers me. It just kind of reminds me of that role that I am and that you are 100% my support. That seriously blesses me so much. You're so sweet. And it's just, I don't know. It blesses my heart so much when I see you take those actions with the kids. I always just am so thankful and never for a moment, just, you know, we'll just clarify this year. But do I think like, is Elisha capable of doing this or is he adequate? You know, how's the day gone? Mm -hmm. Should he be reading the Bible? I'm always just stoked that you're taking that time and effort when you are drained and when you are tired to pour into our kids. Mm. It means so, so much to me. Yeah. And something that we were just talking about in the car is some proactive things you can do to help me get out of slumps, because I think that can be a really kind of dicey situation, probably for a wife. And in in, when I feel bad for you, actually, when I, when you know that I'm not in a good mental space, or maybe my heart's not right with the Lord, how do you draw me out? And how do you encourage me to, I guess, be with the Lord? to get with the Lord, to get into his word and to lead our family. And I think what, what we talked about as, is really insightful for me and, and it could be for some of our listeners too. Yeah, well, it was even insightful for me when we were talking about this and I was like, how do I encourage you or, or what could I do to encourage you if you aren't taking action in mm-hmm. these areas? Because I do think it's important, like Elisha said, to be 100% supportive when they do show when your husband does show the slightest sign of that taking action. Yeah. Um, and also like you just really want to, I think affirm any of the slightest action because I don't know. I mean, like I feel it's that way any time in marriage. Like if you have a critiquing spirit, yes, that's not really motivating. Mm-mm. I know it's not for me when it comes to, you know, working out or keeping our house clean or anything. If you want me to do something, the best thing for you to do is to affirm it. Hmm. Be like, wow, Katie, our house looks so clean. And I'm like, oh, wow, I really need to, you know, clean the upstairs too. (laughs) (laughs) He notices that. Um, And you're so good at doing that to me, for me, I guess. Hmm. Um, But if there's like no sign of any of the positive, what's there to affirm or what's there to support? Yeah, especially when it's an area where you can feel very vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. and insecure. I know that that's, and that's potent, that's oftentimes how I feel in that spiritual leadership role is I feel insecure, vulnerable. And so the slightest, slightest hint of critique or criticism would really be devastating to me in that moment. And like I mentioned before, I don't see Elisha as that. I don't see him as inadequate. And so it's helpful for me to remind myself of these things. Cause I might say something not thinking how it's going to come across. And it just hits him really hard in this area. Hmm. You know, like if I did just throw out a critique or throw out like, Oh, I think you should do this. Or why'd you do this? Um, but I think something we were talking about in the car is asking for help when I need help Mm -hmm. or asking you for what I want. And 
just being really direct and being like, Hey, I, I would love if you could do a Bible time with the kids. Would you mind sitting down with them and reading the Bible mm-hmm. while I do this? Or, you know, could we sit down as a family and do a family Bible time? Um, and just being direct like that, you are telling me how that really makes you feel like you can rise to the challenge. Yeah. I think that something that's common in husbands and fathers is that ability to really act when there's a moment of crisis and when there's a moment of need, regardless of how, you know, inadequate you felt up until that moment, you just stop thinking about yourself and you take care of the crisis at hand. And I think that in a way that you could phrase, you know, or kind of request for me to be more of a leader is in you really making it clear like, Hey, I I need you in this area. The children need you in this area rather Mm -hmm. than saying you should be doing this. You should be this person. You need to act more mature, more responsible you making it more like, Hey, I, I want you. I, or not even want, I need you. I need you. To yeah. Step Cause this role that kind of, it's kind of empowering for me. Yeah. And you want to feel that need. Yes. And I did put down here just in notes, a lot of different ways that you shouldn't ask for help. Oh yeah. <laughs> or a lot of different ways. I don't want to ask for help. Cause I do think this is a fine line here. Yes. Um, cause if I ask for help, like sign or rolling my eyes or like, could you just sit down and read the Bible for once? Yeah. Like, I feel like you throw on the end of that, like loser, Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, could you just do what you're supposed to loser? You know, like, I feel like that's how it gets interpreted. Yeah. And instead of being like inspiring confidence in the way that I act, hmm. like you were just saying, like, I need you and I know you can do this. Yeah. And almost in the way that, I ask and saying, I need this. It's saying, I know that you can fill this need. Yes. Yes. That's how I would exactly, that's exactly how I would interpret that is saying, oh, this is something only I can do. Mm -hmm. And she believes in me to do it. And so therefore I'm going to, I'm going to act. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. So I just, when Elisha said, you know what, when you ask me for help, I feel needed. It was just, I don't know, kind of a light bulb moment for me because I think sometimes we don't just frankly ask for help. We don't say, I need you in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like Elisha said, I just, I need you. Mm-hmm. Instead, I think sometimes we can beat around the bush and sigh and whine and nag and kind of like drop hints. And in doing all those things, we're making our husband feel even less of a confident man. Hmm. And instead of just, being right out in the open saying, Hey, I need you in this area. And I think that you can, you can solve this problem I have. Yeah. And I love like the practical things that you're giving Katie and the, and I think these practical things are so important, but then I do think it's so important, big picture and just, you know, the understanding of in reality, as a man, you are inadequate apart from Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's such a fine line of, of having confidence but not having it in yourself, having yes. it in, in the Lord and what he's called you to and the fact that he's living inside of you. Because I know that Elisha power and Elisha ability is like negative zero. It's, it's, it's counterproductive. And in fact, if I start believing in that and start thinking that there's positive fruit from that, then that's a scary place to be in because we know that we're not fighting uh, a battle that's flesh and blood. Yes. You know, where the results aren't always as they seem. It's a spiritual battle we're fighting here. And so the last thing I want is to think that I'm standing on my own two feet or to think that I'm leading my family in my own power. I want to be so dependent on the Lord, but taking action in his strength. 
and what he's equipped me and what he's called me to do. Well, I think, yes, believing that you are a blood-bought child of God, that in him you have all things that pertain to life and godliness, that you have access to his power, his mm-hmm. righteousness, his strength. All of those things can even en- enable you to override those feelings of inadequacy that the devil really tries to put on you because he tries to say, you're this, you failed in this way. You did this. I know he does this in my own life instead of, and I can, you know, buy into that because all those things are true. Instead of being like, you know what? I have access to Christ's righteousness. Yes. He sees me as righteous. His blood's covered me and I can act in that. Yes. And I just think that mind shift is so powerful if we're going to do anything good. Yep. <laughs> Cause I think, yeah, when I think of all my own inadequacies, I just, I don't feel adequate to be your wife or to be a parent or to be a friend or anything, mm-hmm. but that's not who I am now. I am a child of God and I can live in, in that truth. That's right. And it is a life of faith. We get to act in faith as a spouse, as a parent, as a friend, as a child of God. And that's what we're called to do. Just a few other things that I think um, we were talking about that could be affirming or encouraging from a husband's perspective. If you know you want your husband to be that spiritual leader and he's not acting in that role, um, I think one of them is thanking them. Hmm. And no one likes to feel like what they're doing is just expected or they're doing the bare minimum because they're doing it. Hmm. I know I don't like that when I, Elisha never does that with me actually on anything. I feel like, like literally you thank me for like getting the kid's shoes on or for putting them in the car. And I want to be, you know, proactive in thanking you when you take out the trash and when you help me put the kids to bed, like either of us could arguably think, oh, well that's their job. Like they're a parent. That's what they're supposed to do, Hmm. but that's not empowering and that's not motivating. Hmm. And so I just think thanking them and being really appreciative can it would go a long ways in for me, I mm. guess, and so that's something I would want to encourage Elisha in. Um, and then I think too, when we've talked about this a little bit before, but I think it's something I always need a reminder in because I'm always looking for the best way to do things, and I'm also someone who has an opinion on how things should be done. And I think one way to show a hundred percent full support, like we were talking about earlier is not critiquing in the moment Mm -hmm. because just being thankful with how they help, um, not expecting it to look like what I wanted even, or Mm. what I think is best or how I would do it. You know, I think you should read here or I think you should do this. Sometimes we just have, Oh no, when I asked you to help, I had this mental picture of how that help would look Mm. instead of just, yeah, I think there's room for supportive or, you know, helpful criticism like down the road. What sure. do you say? Well, yeah, critique? You, yeah, you said just don't maybe don't criticize or critique it in the moment. And yeah, I think that's what's, in the moment. Because you and I love talking about the best way to lead our family, you know, how yeah. I can be a spiritual leader. But that's like on a date night when we're both, you know, there's like a common ground there. You know, it's like yes. we're on neutral ground here. We're not in the heat of the moment and you're critiquing me because of the passage I'm choosing to read from the Bible. 
or the song I chose to sing with the family or what I said in my prayer, you know, or whatever it may be that in that moment I'm doing. And it it might be something that you don't think is ideal or the best, but, but just you supporting it in that moment and maybe making a mental note to say, you know, next time this comes up and we're both, you know, in in that neutral ground where we're talking about this, I want to maybe recommend this or encourage this or be like, yeah, I think giving feedback's cool and it's super helpful. Um, But like you said, just not when they're sitting down, they're taking that 90 seconds of confidence or having that like boost of confidence and then you just hack it down right there. Like you just need to let it go. Yeah. I think a very practical scenario could be if you're with the kids far more during the day than I am and then I come home at evening time and I want to set the kids on the blanket and read the scripture, but you were, are thinking, man, I just had like a half hour ago, they were just doing blanket time, yes. just going with it. Being like, you know what? Like he wants to sit the kids on the blanket for another 10 minutes. I'm going to let him sit them on the blanket and he's going to read a couple verses and then we can move on. And then maybe later you can be like, Hey, just so you know, you know, the kids were on the blanket all day, you know, maybe and we can just kind of go from there. But in the moment, rather than saying, well, no, don't do that. I just had them on their blankets. Yeah. Then you would be like, well, I just took this action. Like I'm not yeah. going to like you're going to be less likely to do it in the future yes. because then you're going to be like, Oh, well, I don't know what she did today or maybe yeah. she already, you know, what does she want? Yeah. I totally think that's really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I think something that is really imp- important in my own life too, is focusing on my own relationship with the Lord instead of pointing fingers at what I want Elisha to do. Hmm. We've mentioned this verse a lot before, um, but first Peter three, it says that the husbands shall be won by the conversation of their wives. That's a possibility that wives can win their husbands over to Christ. Hmm. If they're unsaved, win them over to, it doesn't, it doesn't clarify (laughs) like it's open-ended there. And I just think, by focusing on my own relationship with the Lord, that could be an inspiration for Elisha. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I know when I see Elisha get up in the morning and open up his Bible, or when I see him take his Bible, you know, he did this yesterday. He took his Bible down to the river to read instead of, you know, taking his phone down to, you know, just relax. That is so empowering to me and thinking, wow, I want to grow my own relationship. I want to have the joy he has. I want to have um, just that fulfillment he has in Christ. I want to have that desire Mm. that he has. And I think that goes both ways. Um, If your husband sees the joy of the Lord in you and he sees that you're getting filled, I think he would desire that more. Wow. And. I don't know. I think you're so <laughs> I'm right. Just assuming. Well, and the exa- I'm, yeah, and I think we can probably close with this because the exact same goes for me and and for men. And that is, you have your own relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with God the Father, and I want to be able to nurture that and to pour into that and to cultivate an even stronger walk with the Lord. Because it's funny what we're talking about here: feeling inadequate or feeling incapable. That's kind of a suboptimal feeling. I mean, it's definitely not ideal. And so the goal is to feel equipped in the Lord and to feel that you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you're walking according to his strength and his power. And that comes with, I think, that personal walk with the Lord. We have been given access to God the Father through Jesus Christ. So what are we doing with that? Are we nurturing that relationship? And are we talking with the Lord throughout the day? And are we leading ourselves in that relationship so that we can lead our families? And Katie, I'm always so grateful, like you said, when you just take the initiative in 
and having your own relationship with our Lord and Savior. And that encourages me. And I do know that when I am walking with the Lord uh, and then when I'm knowing him and I feel so known and understood by God, then I can walk in confidence as a leader of my home. You don't always have to use these little tricks and hacks to be a spiritual leader as a man. You can walk in confidence, uh, the confidence of the Lord. And I think that's where we want to be. That's where... Yeah, I, that's what, the ultimate goal. Yeah, that's what the goal is, exactly. And I think even, just as you're saying this, going back to me needing you, I think it's so important that I focus on my own relationship with the Lord, but that I don't fall into just taking over your role as a spiritual leader, but I leave that opportunity for you to fill that. Hmm. And instead of just taking the kids and being like, I'm going to do the Bible time, I'm going to be the spiritual leader in this house because my husband isn't stepping up to that, then I think it's easier for husbands to back away Mm -hmm. instead of stepping into that void. Mm. So I think just in, in my mind, leaving that void can be really healthy and instead ask to ask, you know, my husband or ask your husband to fill that. Yes. I think you're so right because I, it's good when I feel that pain, when I feel the void, when I feel the emptiness. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think you're right. It could be helpful because then you know that you're needed to fill it. Yes, exactly. Oh, right on, Katie. I love talking about this because you encourage me so much. (laughs) And again, it just motivates me to draw close to the Lord because I want to walk according to the spirit and I want to abide. And I just want that intimate relationship with my Lord and Savior so that in these things of like parenting and, and being a, being a husband and being a provider, then I can feel that I'm walking, you know, and and I can be walking in the power of our Lord and Savior. Mm-hmm. right on folks well thank you for listening this has been so fun katie and i wow it's the end of a season for us the last of uh, the last podcast episode in our apartment yes yeah we're gonna keep the podcast going don't don't get any ideas there um, <laughs> yeah i don't want you to get any wrong impressions we're gonna keep the podcast going so for you folks it's gonna stay the exact same it's probably gonna <laughs> sound the same and we're probably gonna sound the same but we're gonna be in a different home which will be fun Yes. And if you haven't clicked the subscribe button, if you aren't subscribed to getting our weekly downloads, go ahead and you can click it now. We would love to have you every single week and we will stay in touch. Bye-bye.